Christ, and it's by Wayne Grudem, his systematic theology. I think it's an important thing for us to, um, to think through, and it's certainly a teaching as opposed to um, Jay's exegetical teaching through Scripture, but I think it's important for us to understand the importance of the doctrine of Christ. Um, this particular section that we're going to be in is under his humanity of Christ, and the exact um, thing we're going to be talking about is the virgin birth. Um, so let's begin with, um, you guys can click on the screen for me. So let's begin with uh, the virgin birth. And as, the, as Scripture states, this is, this is a fact. Um, Jesus was born of a virgin. And we see that in several scriptures, but we're going to read through two today. Uh, Matthew 1, 18 through 25 reads, This is how the birth of Jesus Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Before they came together, she found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because, she was, she, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. What an amazing passage of scriptures packed full of just so much. I don't know if you put yourself in the uh, place of, of Joseph um, just to think through what was said to him in that dream uh, that his soon-to-be wife, his fiance, was pregnant. And not only that, but she was pregnant with the Son of God. And... Uh, that is just an amazing thing to try to put your to grasp uh, to put your brain and mind around that uh, the child to be born was was Jesus and he was the savior to be the savior of the world. There are other passages of scripture. Certainly, the Old Testament was in reference there, but we see in Luke one the angel talking to Mary. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will, God will give him the throne of his father, and he will reign forever uh, over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked angels, the angels, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One will be born and will be, and be called the Son of God. Again, just so much there 
um, that we could probably spend an entire uh, message just on that. But G, uh, the Mary, uh, the angel came to Mary and told her that she was going to have uh, the, Savior, the, the child of Jesus Christ. And, and the right thing to ask Mary is like, how can it be? I'm, I'm a virgin. That's, that doesn't make sense. And, and the angel said, it's the Holy Spirit that will come upon you. Uh, very important thing. So maybe the question that you have is, why is it so important? Why is it important? Is it even important that Christ be born of a virgin? I think we established that Scripture does say that uh, Jesus was born of a of a virgin, but why is it so important? Does it really matter? I think it does, and, and here's three points that we're going to talk about today. Uh, the first is um, salvation can only come from the Lord. And second is the deity of God and the humanity of Jesus are united through the virgin birth, because of the virgin birth, or through the virgin birth. And then finally, we'll talk about the humanity um, of Jesus didn't inherit sin, and that's an important thing, and that's part of the reason for the virgin birth and giving you a little insight into this. And a lot of this stuff, I would imagine, is nothing super insightful or not insightful, but certain, um, maybe not uh, something you haven't heard before, but I think it's always good to be reminded of our foundational truth, that this doctrine of the virgin birth is foundational to what we believe. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, uh, our church and what we would believe is say that you're not a follower of Christ. Do you understand it fully? No, probably not. But you have to have faith that Jesus was born of a virgin. And if you don't, then uh, I would say you are not a follower of God. So let's talk through the first point. Scripture tells us from the beginning that salvation can only come from God. Mankind, Adam and Eve, they had this opportunity, but they failed miserably. Adam and Eve were no surprise, maybe not no shock to you, they were created without sin. Um, they weren't perfect. They, were, they, were, they needed to be tested, just like Jesus was tested. Adam and Eve were faced with uh, an opportunity, and they failed. They disobeyed God. And because of that, that disobedience, uh, sin entered into the world. And Scripture records for us what God said to both Adam and Eve in the very few chapters of our, of our Scripture. In chapter 3 of Genesis, we see that God promised He would send a Savior from this seed of the woman, which would ultimately destroy sin and its father, which is Satan. Genesis 3 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is talking about Jesus. There was sin and then God told us that we needed, to be, needed, a, needed a Savior. And that would come from Eve, her seed. We also see that salvation can only come from God, and it's a supernatural work of God. It is a supernatural work of God, and we see this in Galatians. 
Galatians 4 says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born into the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the adoption uh, to sonship. There is no other salvation for him, uh, humankind. There's no government. There's, there's no amount of fame. There's no amount of money. There's nothing. The only salvation humankind has or hope for is from the Lord, and that is Jesus Christ. It only can come from the Lord. We had our chance. Adam and Eve was our advocate. They were, and you may, you know, I used to think this as a kid. I was like, well, that's not fair. I, you know, I didn't even get a choice. But I can tell you that you would have made the same choice. If you were there with Adam and Eve, you would have made the same choice. Um, so because of that, Adam, was, Adam and Eve were our, um, our advocates. And when they were faced with temptation, and Satan was crafty, uh, they failed. And because of that, mankind were punished. And their only hope that we have is from the Lord. So salvation can only come from the Lord. That's the uh, number one important thing. Number two, the important thing is, the uh, important reason that, that Christ was born of a virgin is that Christ's deity and hum, humanity were united. His humanity and his deity were hum, united. And maybe you thought from time to time, or maybe you asked this question, you know, couldn't Jesus have, just have, 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 have been a human and just come to this earth? I mean, did he have to go through all of that uh, being born as a baby? And so, it's so weird. Uh, could, Jesus, could Jesus have had two parents? Could he just had, had had Joseph and Mary in the normal way that men and women come together and make a baby? Couldn't that just be? Why did he have to be born of a virgin? And, and I think, this is, think these are good things to maybe voice out and have conversations with, but I also would just be careful not to fall down this modern day of thinking, this deconstructive foundational truth thinking that happens. I think it's a good practice for us to think through tough things. I, I, you know, Scripture tells us to be Bereans, good Bereans, and that is when we hear something from the pulpit that we go back to Scripture and, and, and make sure that matches. I think we should do that. But the modern day thinking, and you probably know this, is, is taking everything that's been tested and tried throughout all of mankind, and it's just throwing it out the door, and it's it's, it's deconstructing it. It's taking it apart and, and taking some good things and, and then throwing out the bad things that they don't want to do. And I think the virgin birth is a very important doctrine that we should not neglect. We should not, I think we should go back if we have questions to Scripture, go back to people that, that, you, uh, that you trust as far as their thinking and, and how they think about Scriptures and and, and talk to them about it, and hopefully they will point you back to Scriptures if you have questions about that. It really boils down to the virgin birth is, is as much faith as many other things that we, have to believe, we, we need to believe in. It's, it's a difficult thing to understand. We're not going to understand how the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and created that life, but how does life work anyway? I mean, we, don't, we know it scientifically, but uh, we don't really know what determines how life can start. And maybe there's, you know, in the future, there can be a way that, you know, life is created outside of a, 
of a normal way, and I know that they're working on things like that, but that doesn't, I mean, God is the one that ultimately gives life, He sustains life, and He takes life. And uh, why, why should, that's a miracle alone, I mean, why should we start to question what Scripture tells us about the virgin birth? I think one of the greatest things of doctrine of virgin birth is that humankind can relate to Jesus more than any other. Because he was not only just God, but he was also man. He was fully man. Certainly, he wasn't born of nobility, although he should have been. Uh, he didn't have the respect of, of his own people, although he should have. And the religious teachers of that time, they hated Jesus. They tried to trip him up every time that they were with him, every time that they were. Ultimately, you know the end is they played a part in his murder and death on the cross. I think it's important that, that Jesus was born of a virgin, not just to come to this earth already as a human, but one of the reasons is so that Jesus could relate with us. I mean, think about it. Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who was and always will be, he humbled himself. He came to this earth to be born as a baby, dependent on those around him. Yes, he was the one who sustained life, but his human part of him needed human people to keep him alive. That's crazy to think about. They needed, he needed Mary and he needed Joseph to change him, to feed him, to love him. That's incredible. And that's the most loving thing that anyone could do for anyone that they love. But to do this for people that were enemies with him is even more incredible. And that's what we were to Jesus until he brought us to him, until he changed us. I think also we need to know that Jesus couldn't have had an earthly father and had to be born of a virgin so that sin was not transmitted at conception. And after Adam and Eve sinned, from that moment on, when a man and a woman conceived, sin was passed to their children and to their children and to every single person that ever lived and ever will live. Sin was passed to their children through conception. So Jesus couldn't have been born earthly way. It, it, it had to be different. It had to be different. The unification of, of Christ's deity, which we all would agree with, and I would hope we all would agree with his humanity. The great thing about Christ's humanity is, again, it's just not that he was this, he was, he was, he was human in every way, except for the way, that, um, the way that he was born, being born of a virgin. He had flesh and blood just like us. His blood wasn't, there's some people that would teach his blood is like this special uh, deity blood or whatever, you know, if you could get it and touch it. It, it. it was no different than us. When you cut him, he bleed, he bled, and you saw that on the cross. He had a biological mother just like us. He learned just like us, which is crazy. In Luke 2, 5, we see that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. He grew just like us. He ate just like us. He had dinner. You saw many times where the, the human Jesus ate food with the people around him. He wasn't a spirit. 
And certainly there are many other traits. You can see Jesus being sad and angry throughout Scripture. Uh, Jesus, the man, being uh, those kinds of human traits. And how great is it that, that we have a Savior like Jesus? He knows us better than we do, but He also knows us because of all of those other those human traits, because He was hungry, He was tired, He was sad, He was angry. He had hatred towards sin. Jesus was 100% fully man, but He was also 100% fully God. He experienced all of humanity Minus the important thing of sin, and we'll get into that in a minute. He was tempted. Um, Man, Satan tried his hardest to get Jesus to fail. He tried really hard, and Satan is the master of deceiver. You think there are people that are deceitful out there? Satan was was the best at it, and he knew when to do it and, and how to do it, but it failed because Jesus was the Messiah. He was God, proving that he was God by not being falling into sin. Let's take a look at the deity. We talked about the humanity part of Christ. Let's talk about the deity part, God being part of, um, or Jesus being part of God and Holy Spirit. Um, and, and certainly this is an, an exhaustive study about the deity of Christ. There are others out there, but I'm just kind of glossing over that um, this example is probably one of my favorites. It's, it's such a great passage, and I would, I, literally, I would have loved to have been there. And maybe you've read this and kind of glossed over it. Um, but, but what Jesus was saying here, and I've got it highlighted, you know, before Abraham was born, I am. That was blasphemy to the religious leaders and to the Jews. I mean, that, that, was, that was high treason, or not, it's not high treason, but that was worth death, and that's ultimately why you know, the, the religious leaders wanted him to die. Jesus was saying that he himself, Jesus, the one standing right in front of those Pharisees, that he was God. Jesus is saying that, that he knew them before they were born. And, and it, it reminds me of the passage in Job where God and Job are having these conversations in Job 38. It's one of my favorite passages in Job 38, 39, 40. God responds to Job like this. And, you know, Job's questioning all these things, and, and God's like, all right, brace yourself here, man. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Have you ever given order to the morning or shown dawn its place? that I might take the earth by its head and shake the wicked out of it? Have you done that, Job? And, and, and I just, I, I think of the way that Jesus said what he said, and it, it was as powerful a statement when God was talking to Job as when Jesus now was talking to these people, these Pharisees, and his disciples around them. It's such an powerful thing. And it reminds me, it reminds me, it's a good reminder for me because sometimes we've been so narrow-minded in our thinking, and we live, it, and we live our lives to, to please ourselves, make us happy. What a foolish thing to think, because God is the one who is sovereign. We are not in control, and all it takes is a good reminder when you get sick. The things that you take for granted, 
breath, health, and it's taken away from you, then you're like, hmm, maybe I am not immortal. As you get older, you start to, to recognize and, re, and be reminded that when you're younger, you just don't, you just, you literally think nothing's going to happen to me. But then when something, even at a young age, you know, there's young people that have gone through some difficult times. Um, then you start to re- remember that you're not in control. God is in control. We need this reminder that we are here for just a moment. Our moment is a blip on the big map of, of eternity. Where will you take your first breath after your last on earth? And you need to know that before you take your last breath on earth. Lastly, let's talk through the humanity came. Yes, it came with all of the things that we talked about. Jesus had all of those um, important things, but it, it didn't inherit sin. Um, the virgin birth shows us that Jesus did not inherit sin. It, it, he was born of, of Mary and the Holy Spirit. They, 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 um, that's, how that, that, that's how Jesus came into this world. The Roman Catholics believe, and they try to wrestle with this because they, 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 they try to come up with their own theology, which is not scriptural. They say that Mary came, or Mary was free from sin. But there is no scripture that supports that. Scripture nowhere teaches that Mary was sinless. And this would not solve the problem of original sin anyway, but because she, was, she had an earthly mom and father, right? So let's just say that she was sinless. Well, how did she become sinless, right? It, then her parents must have been, maybe she was born of a virgin. I don't know, then you go all the way back. It doesn't work that way because sin was passed down from Adam and Eve to their children, to their children's children, and so on and so forth, all the way to Mary's parents. Mary was as much of a sinner as you and I. I believe that she lived a holy life, but she was not perfect. Scripture teaches us the Holy Spirit prevented the transmission of sin through Mary to Jesus in this miraculous way. And we see that in Luke 1. The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One be born and will be called the Son of God. That's a miracle. Secondly, I think the birth shows that Jesus is the Son of God. And some people deny this doctrine, the virgin birth, because they just don't accept uh, the authority of Scripture. I, I, I know we... We say this, but we can't pick and choose what we believe in Scripture. We either believe all of Scripture or none of it. All of Scripture or none of it. And people get around that. Um, there's a lot of thinking in modern-day society, and we see that over and over again. They, the people that claim to believe in the Bible, the Bible is true, but only parts of it. They take the good, and then they remove the bad. And, and I'm not just talking about Catholicism or Islam, those religions. I'm talking about people that are, that are in our circles and in our church and our church's churches that believe what we believe. And this is a scary thing. And it's a dangerous thing. We have to protect the sanctity of Scripture. We have to protect the church. There are people that will try to reinterpret Scripture for what it doesn't mean. And create new doctrines from that and say, you know, 
LGBTQ, the, you know, homosexuality was a cultural thing, and, and it's not, today's different. That's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that a man and a woman is, 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 is what our, uh, what, the way he created marriage, not between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. But there are modern day, I will put quotes on them, Christians, people that may look like us and, and, and worship like us that are trying to change the way Scripture specifically talks about the LGBTQ family people. We, love, we should love the LGBTQ people. We, ha- we need to love them, no different than we love anybody else. But it is as much of sin as we would not want uh, a man and a woman to live together before marriage. It's wrong. And there have been people that have, have followed and taught from the pulpit, and then eventually they, they start to th- change the way they think. And it's, it's a scary thing. We need to protect our church. We need to protect Scripture. The virgin birth is one of those things that we want to protect. It's a miracle. It's part of God's sovereignty and His power. It's part of what we believe and should do everything we can to protect that. The virgin birth also shows us that Jesus is the perfect Savior. It's not a hist- it, Jesus was a historical figure. That is not to be disputed. I'm sure there are people that would dispute that, but there are many historical documentations uh, that talk about who Jesus is. I don't need those to prove to me who Jesus was. Scripture is enough. But this doctrine is important. He wasn't just a good man who died. It's, it is a great story, but he's our Savior. It's our only hope, and it's our only future. The virgin birth ensures that Jesus is both fully human and fully divine. And with, and, and with, there's no any, there should be no confusion there. <coughs> the virgin, version, virgin birth qualifies Jesus to be the mediator that's an important thing between God and humankind and humanity because of the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. Therefore, I would say the virgin birth is an essential part of our faith and our salvation. So hopefully that is, again, not shocking to you, uh, a good reminder, hopefully for you, and, and more for us to praise God in. I'll conclude with these simple thoughts. The virgin birth of Christ is a biblical truth that affirms in his sinlessness and his divine nature. The virgin birth shows that Jesus did not inherit a sinful nature from Mary, that he is the Son of God, and that he is perfect, he is our perfect Savior. I would encourage you, if you have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, to do that. If you have, praise him, praise him. Praise Him. Uh, next week, Lord willing, we'll, we'll continue teaching through the doctrines of Christ and we'll be in the humanity part of it and in, in the weaknesses and limitations of that. And you start to think, wait a minute, you're saying Jesus had limitations? Well, He was tired. He, he ate. There are some things that we need to talk through and, and make sure we understand about who Jesus was. So hopefully, again, this is an encouragement to you as followers of Christ. Uh, and um, 
I hope that this, this series, that this, this teaching that we do, it will be encouraging to you. Let's pray and then we'll sing, I think Christ is mine forevermore. No? That's the second service. Huh? Cause of Christ. Cause of Christ. So let's pray.